red tampon popsicle, everybody. Everybody, welcome to Elder Speak, episode eight. This is Kip. Uh, I'm actually recording live from the Grand Rapids Airport, International Airport. And so, if you hear a couple of announcements in the background, that's just me. Um, with me, of course, as always, is Randy. Heyo, and Mots. Yo, what's up, people? <laughs> Bitching and stuff. And so, let's just. Uh, We'll just get we'll just get kicking here, and uh, why don't you go ahead and give us the site, the site update, Randy? Uh, site update: We are back and kicking ass uh, in full force. Forums are up, news is up. Um, we've got a lot of great reviews and, and features and stuff that came up this week. We actually had a feature about uh, the life of the the gamer girlfriend, which was really popular this week. It was actually our most popular thing on our site. Outside of the forums, um, we also had a really great feature this week uh, by Mots uh, about aliens versus humans and the and the things that he prefers, which ones he rather would kill uh, in his first-person shooters. Um, uh, what else? Oh, this this week we've also brought on a new guy, Dan Lindeman. He's actually going to be one of our new staff writers. He's uh, he's going to be our official unofficial expert on handheld games and uh, Nintendo. So that is our update for our our site. We are kicking butt. And so for anybody out there who was kind of feeling like our podcast was a bit, um, let's see how to say, messy. PS3 or three, PS3 360 heavy or messy, sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, maybe Dan, Dan's part of the reason we, part of the reason we brought Dan on is to help balance it out a little bit with a little bit more Nintendo news as well. Cause we know there's a lot of elder geeks out there who love Nintendo and have always loved Nintendo and we want to cater to them as well. And hopefully yeah. he'll be a part of the podcast in the future. Hopefully. Absolutely. He will. So, <laughs> all right, all right. So, moving on now. I guess that's pretty much it for the site updates. You know, we're we're hopefully going to stay online and stay up the whole time for the <laughs> next few weeks as well. Let's let's, yes. let's let's go beyond hope. Let's say we guarantee we'll stay wow. out for at least for at least tomorrow. Guaranteed. <laughs> guaranteed. The site is burning as soon as we're done recording. <laughs> Guarantee. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> so, so okay, let's move on, guys. Let's go to games that we've been playing. I know we've all been playing Infamous, so maybe we could all throw our three cents in on that one. Uh, I'll let you go ahead first, Mots. Okay, so I am actually the reviewer for Infamous, uh, so I'm not going to spoil too much in my sort of commentary on it here, but let me just say I really like it, and at the same time, I can see the game has a lot of problems. Uh, but those are, aren't the kind of problems that ruin the game. They're just the kind of problems you laugh off. So, uh, But I, I really enjoy the climbing. I really, really enjoy the exploration. And uh, the best part is by far the lightning mechanics and the shooting and, and stuff like that. Uh, and that's pretty much all I'm going to say. And if you want some more, you can read my review, which will be up Monday or possibly uh, Tuesday. 
Yeah, I think we're looking forward to that. That'll be excellent to see, uh, how, whether it's a must-buy or whatnot. How about yourself, Randy? Uh, in my opinion, and, and I'm not the guy that's getting uh, getting not paid to review this, but uh, it is a must-buy, in, in my opinion. Um, I love this game. Yeah, Mots is right. There's a lot of problems with it, but uh, there there's a point in the game where... Uh, when you're climbing, and, and, and I don't know if either of you have gotten to this, and it's not a spoiler, I'm not going to be spoiling anything, but you climb this gigantic pile of garbage that just towers over the city. And uh, the climbing mechanics in that part is so awesome that my hands were literally sweating while I was trying to climb that damn thing. Because there's points when you, like, uh, if you're playing with a DualShock 3 controller, if you actually get to, uh, you know, a certain height, once you actually grab onto these beams and stuff, the controller will shake as, and, and you hear this rumbling sound as though the whole garbage pile is going to collapse. And, and it is probably one of the, the best gaming experiences I've had since Christmas. So, love it. That's really exciting. Uh, wow. I haven't got to that part yet. I've only, because I've been moving around so much in the last couple of days, I've really only got to play about two to three hours of the game overall. But from what, you know, what, I, what I've what i been playing, it pretty much seems to me that this game is Grand Theft Auto with a superhero. Yeah. And it's, <laughs> it's Grand Theft Auto meets Spider-Man. I love it. Actually, I, I would sort of... Uh, uh try to bring it in crackdown into that uh, into that comparison because I, I, I really that. think I, I think it's it's I think it's more crackdown than it's GTA hmm. because, yeah, I can see that because GTA is sort of on a flat plane when you think about it all the design has gone into the ground and all the all the uh, sort of detail is at eye level on the ground but with infamous and uh, or not that much crackdown but with infamous they sort of had to to pay close attention to every sort of uh, rooftops, uh, back alleys, uh, highways. Just everything is so so uh, full of life, you know. There's something to do almost everywhere. And I think that's the kind of thing that really makes this game live long and will really make this game, especially for, for hopefully DLC updates in the future, sort of have that sort of uh, long life. You, you know what else I have to say about this game that will that will give this l- game longer legs? It's hard. I, it's yeah. probably one of the hardest games I've played in a while, and I I, yeah. I really do like that it's hard. It's not uh, it's not I'm popping it in and then beating it a couple hours later or feeling no stress at all. It's challenging. Yeah, what, it absolutely uh, difficult, is. What difficulty are you guys playing on? Medium, like, like medium hero or whatever it is. So. Okay, so I... Whatever the medium one is. No, difficulty. That's just... It's... <laughs> my bad! In case everybody's wondering, in case anybody's wondering the, the flight from Milwaukee is on time. So <laughs> if anybody's wondering out there, um, I just want to clarify that the flight from Milwaukee is on time. If you're waiting on that flight, you know, you better be here on time. There's no delays. We have blue skies. Okay, awesome. so go ahead. Uh, I was gonna say, uh, so I'm playing on hard. Uh, when uh, when you play the intro, the game actually measures your your uh, skill level, and once you're done with the intro, it tells you what what uh, difficulty level it's calculated you to be able to play on. And so since I played the demo so much, I sort of uh, beat the crap out of the intro sequence, even though it's not the same sequence. And I and the game told me I should play on hard, so I sort of yeah, I'll roll with that, whatever. I'll do it, and then I checked the trophies list, and I saw that you could uh, you could get a gold uh, trophy just by, uh, or not just, but by completing the game on hard without changing the difficulty setting at any Ooh. time, which you can do at all times in real time. Wow. 
So, uh, so I've sort of gone with that, and, uh, oh, god damn it, it's hard, but it's, <laughs> it, it's so much fun that it's hard, though, because that sort of makes you think even more tactically, and, and sort of uh, exploit the environment even more, so it's, it's awesome. I love um, the, okay. um, I, I, I'm sorry, I just wanted to add one more thing about it. I, I love the, um, the style of points that they give you. There's, like, uh, <clears throat> if you pause the game, it shows you, like, what next trick you can discover, and I think there's, like, 21 tricks that you can discover along the way, and it's, uh, like, one is you push a guy up into the air, and then while he's in the air, you actually blast him with a bolt of energy, um, yeah. and that gives a, a trick. And then there's another one called, like, Ride the Lightning, where you actually, you know, ride the rails, you know, like, the power lines, and you do, like, a headshot with, uh, you know, with, uh, like, the zoom-in, like, the sniper rifle version of the electric powers. And the one that I'm stuck on now is, um, gosh, what is it? It's not pain pain for punishment. It's it's something crazy. Like, you've got to stick a guy with a sticky bomb, and the sticky bomb even goes off. You have to, like, kill him with a headshot. It's I think it's called pain before punishment or something like that. And th- there's so much cool, like, little stuff like this that are going to keep people playing. It's going to keep me playing for sure. I've actually been looking for that list, that list of style or uh, or super moves. Where did you find that actually? If you if you pause the game, it's right on the bottom of the screen. It shows you like the next one that you can unlock. It it unlocks them one at a time as you do them. Oh, okay. So like if you do that one, it'll tell you what the next one is. Okay, um, cool. What do you, you know? You know, two things I really love about this game. One, the thunder drop. Oh my god, I could <laughs> yeah. that thunder drop is so cool. Like. Hold square, slam down. I use that move almost every single time I jump off a building, even if there's nobody there. <laughs> so, so I guess you love Crackdown, then. Yeah. Have, so, what's the other thing? I, I, I played. I played the bare minimum of Crackdown. I've seen Crackdown played. That's okay. that's where I'm at with Crackdown, unfortunately. <laughs> but anyway, the other the other cool moment, and I think this is the coolest part of the whole game, is the car is the karma moments. Yeah. Yes. They're so cool. Like it's so well done. Like the choice. I've never seen morality choices done like this in a game, and I think this is how they have to be done for now on. Well, I agree. You, you, you mean how they sort of tell you what's going to happen before you do it? Uh-oh. I think he means more like the the Uh-oh. internal. I think Kid. he's gone. Yeah. Ed. Kid. Oh, yeah. oh, there he is. Back. Oh, there hey, he is. No. Did, did you? I like notice? how it go- I- Sorry. Go ahead. Never mind. Anyway. Okay, I like it in how it goes inside Cole's head, and it actually says like exactly what he's thinking, and then you make the choice, and you have a limited amount of time to make the choice. That like makes it perfect. That's the perfect morality choice for a game. I agree with Kip. I I think that I love it that it's you definitely can tell that it's an internal thought. And even though I hate the guy's the, the guy's voice, the voice actor's voice, I really like it during his his uh, moral choices. Yeah, because um, really? then it doesn't. Yeah, because yeah. then it doesn't use the um, the raspy voice. Then it just uses a normal voice. Right. But when he's, whenever like- he's talking to someone else, he just sort of goes all Batman, Dark Knight on us. Yeah, dude, I like his voice. I like that voice. I think it fits Do the you? game extremely well. Yeah. It, it it may fit the game, but it doesn't fit the character. It sounds like he's more he Felix. He's he's slimy guy, small guy. It, it it doesn't. It just doesn't fit him. You know. Christian Bale's a small guy. <laughs> <laughs> but he will let you know if you're a hack, though. Yeah, <laughs> he, um, you know he's a good guy. He's a good guy. 
<laughs> um, you, you know what else I'm, I'm very impressed by in this game is actually the the voice acting by the newscasters. When you walk by a, a, yeah. a storefront and the news is going on, that news is perfect. There's There was only one newscast where I thought that it was a little cheesy, but uh, I love those constant updates where it's it's uh, the news that uh, the rest of the world is being told, but you know, you know differently because you're on the inside. Love it. Uh, I know, Kip, you haven't gotten to this part, but Randy, what did you think about the uh, voice acting of the first boss? Um, really good. Yeah. Really good. Yeah. yeah so um, that I, was... I, the the that dialogue... Was, Sorry, go yeah, ahead. The, I was going to say, no, I thought that was perfect. I thought she, the woman uh, uh, delivers her lines very, very well. She um, She sounds really sexy, but really disturbed at the same time, and I love yeah. it. That's that's. I, I think Kip, you'll also love that a lot, especially you since you're a psych- psychologist. Oh, bringing that into it, are we? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, you know what? Much moral choice I really like. You, you know, it's the moral choices are usually in games. They're like, should you kill the person or should you help them? You know, I, I like I like the one where that that one guy was down locked. He locked himself in the sewer, and he was. You have to choose if you're going to tell him that his wife was murdered or not. And I, I thought that was a really cool one. I thought that was very atypical of what video games are usually like. It, that you had to—that was cool. It's it's very self-serving. You you can choose to be. You don't. Re, you're not really evil. You're just sort of uh, egoistic. Yeah. So, yeah. So, so I wouldn't really say it's evil. I'd just say it's uh, natural instincts taking over. Ooh, Letting the ego take over the ego. Time yeah. out. People are inherently evil. That's not right. <laughs> no, because it's not. It's not evil. It's just yeah. looking out for number one. What about monkeys? Monkeys are—they're uh, natural and they're—they're they're not self-serving. They're social creatures. Yeah, but it pays for them to be social. Yeah, but I mean, it—that's that's kind if, of yeah, because ow. they watch each other's back. But if you have superpowers, you're not really worried about that now, are you? You, you can fly everyone. Well, he's looking out for his girlfriend. <laughs> oh, not if I'm playing him. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Mott. People are here. Yeah, you are. Oh, that's great. That that trumps the argument right there. Yep. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So, um, how about this, guys? Is this a game of the year? uh, Yes. Yes. I think it is, too. I I agree. Definitely. And, And honestly... It will it will definitely get my vote over any Call of Duty, um, just because I'm tired of the Call of Duty series. Yeah. It's tried and true. I don't care if they come out with the most realistic graphics-looking thing. This is, on a fun scale, this is more fun. Yep. Exactly, and I think it's really important for a game of the year to actually do something new. Not just change something new, but do something new. You know? Absolutely. And I think uh, Infamous absolutely does that. I, I agree with you one hundred percent on that. I think it's a game of the year tender for contender for sure. So mm. Okay. Um I think we kinda talked about that enough. Let's move on to news. Uh this week Rockstar announced their new GTA four downloadable episode enti- entitled The Ballad of Gay Tony. What do we think? Yeah. Go ahead, Mox. The title is uh they flame, if they, were, if they were 
it, yeah, it's 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 exactly that. It's flame bait. It's it's trying to get too much attention uh, or bringing too much attention to that aspect of the of the downloadable downloadable pack. It's just so cheap. It's yeah. so obvious, and the game might or the expansion pack might be awesome, and they'll probably handle it with or not with taste, but with humor, because Rockstar never handles anything with taste. But or well, not never, but you know. Uh, but it's just the, the title. They shouldn't have made, named it that. I'm just so... Ugh, it's, it's annoying. Yeah, I, I agree with Mots. It, it, it annoys me, and you know what? I'm not um, an overly sensitive kind of guy when it comes to this kind of stuff. I am, I am all for free speech, and I want people to be able to express themselves. However, I think that they did kind of cross the line. And, and, they, and not the fact that they crossed the line and they didn't realize it. It's it's the bigger offense that they crossed the line and they knew they did it ahead of time. Um, yeah, they they planned they they sort of set out to cross the line, you know. Right, and not only did they set out to cross the line, but uh, at every point along the development schedule, that they thought to themselves, you know, while they were just rendering Gay Tony, I'm not saying we've seen any renderings of Gay Tony or anything like that, but we have the actually. fact that there was, he was there in were, the original game. Oh, he was. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, anyway, the po- the point is, like, they've they had ample time to stop themselves from doing this, to shift the focus, or to even retitle the game. I think just a simple retitling of the game is going to be sufficient, you know, for the fans. Um, but this is this to me is as offensive as if they were to name it something similar to like, I don't know, the Ballad of Ahmed the the terrorist or something like that. Something overly stereotypical and and really offensive. Yeah. Well, how about how about this, you guys? Um, interesting point on this is that it's kind of the nature of the beast with Rockstar, though. That's what they do. They create controversial games, and I wonder if we're playing the part. Of, I'm with you guys. I agree with you 100. percent But I'm wondering if we're playing the part of Isaac Hayes, where we we don't bind if we we make fun of every other religion, but the second we make fun of a Scientology, then we get offended. But which which groups were offended by or you know affected by GTA 4 and its most recent um, you know uh, expansion? You know the the Hell's Angels people. What what uh, what was offensive about those games? I'm not saying that particular one, but Grand Theft Auto as a whole is very offensive. It's very offensive to women. It's very offensive to all kinds of groups. Well, so. the thing is, the, pro- the the difference is that we're not being offended by the game, or we're being offended by their choice of the title. We're we're being offended by they them themselves, you know. We're we're not uh, saying that uh, a lesbian scene in in Mass Effect is offensive and and disturbing. We're saying that though their choice to name it that is offensive. Mm-hmm. So do you are you more are you more angry? I guess Mots from a perspective of it's so obvious what they're trying to do, or are you angry because it's belittling a group of people? Both, but. Uh, I'm more insulted by the first one. Yeah, I think so too. That's a, I think that is a lot of a, the way I feel as well. That it's like, okay, uh, could you make it more blatant? Yeah. So. Well, I mean, uh, they didn't call uh, GTA Three or San Andreas. They didn't call that hot coffee, uh, or yeah. you know, uh, sex scene. Dirty it, afternoon it, sex scene. Yeah. It, <laughs> it's because because this might have. Afternoon delight. The thing is, <laughs> people are starting to get sick of uh, GTA uh, GTA news coverage, or they're killing our children, or whatever. Uh, you never saw, you didn't see much, at least, of the uh, 
this sort of male nudity uh, controversy, uh, or air quotes controversy. But I'm betting that you'll see a bunch of this on Fox News and stuff. Um, I would oh, like yeah. to. I would like and to just say because of the title, just because they called attention to it. I, of course, um, I would like to say that, uh, as from a psychological perspective, uh, as much as it hurts me as a gamer from a scientist perspective, like video games do encourage violence in children. That's what all the research points to. So if I take a kid and have him hit a Bobo doll, and he'll just hit it normally, then I have him play Grand Theft Auto, then hit a Bobo doll, he's going to hit that Bobo doll way harder. So <laughs> poor Bobo. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean that's just a fact. So it sucks. It sucks as gamers. You know, I hate saying that as gamer, but that's the fact of the matter. So what I'm afraid is the worst possible scenario is they create a character in Gay Tony that's super stereotypical of a gay man, and in the end of the game they kill him. What yeah, and I mean, the, ram- the ramifications that can have on gay America? So just make. I agree. More, I also. More, um, I also. Um, so so my biggest fear for this is that uh, that they're going to. You know, create such a um, an over stereotypical character in Gay Tony that uh, um, it's going to encourage people to make make fun of gays and lesbians when they you know don't need uh, they don't deserve to be made fun of. Yeah, and I also the other thing that I don't like is that they're defining this character by his sexuality. You know, it's saying like he's Gay Tony. How come Carl Johnson wasn't straight Carl Johnson? It's it's yeah, the or, same thing. With, why wasn't with... Nico Russian Nico or sneaky Cossack Nico? Yeah, exactly. So well, it's the same thing with all it, all things that that are meant to be insults. So this is meant to be an insult. You have uh, Fat Albert. You know, you have you know all that stuff. It's 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 never uh, brilliantly handsome Mats, for example. <laughs> you know, it's, it's yeah, it's just an, like it, that. <laughs> <laughs> or socially awkward Mats. So you know, but each oh, each yeah, is a... one of, one of those. <laughs> <laughs> oh, awesome! Yeah. The other thing is also you can already tell the direction it's going when they've showed uh, the little miniature trailer for the announcement. Even like the the ballad of Gay Tony symbol, it like shimmers and like like it's, it's rhinestone. It's disco. It's disco. Yeah. Yeah. And so I wonder. I wonder if they're gonna. I'm pretty sure they're going with like the Studio 54 kind of element of it. So. My prediction, though, for the game, my honest-to-God personal prediction, is that Gay Tony is probably going to be one of the, the most hard characters on the in the whole game. Like, he is going to be a, a total badass. He is going to be the, the guy who breaks fingers and shit like that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I hope, yes. I hope they go that route. <laughs> I think, actually, they might. Especially after all the backlash for this. Which they're bound to get. But, uh, but at the same time, Rockstar uses stereotypes all the time, so... Yeah, I don't, so, I'm not sure. Okay, well let's let's move on. Dima uh, Productions countdown emerges again after the last countdown didn't announce anything. So, <laughs> dude, the countdown announced a picture. It announced uh, another countdown. Yes. <laughs> okay, you know what's funny about this? Uh, I almost want to bring this conversation in a different direction. I'm just going to bring this up. Is that me and Dan were talking about how uh, Kojima and Miyamoto are pretty much the opposite of human beings. Like, they're the uh, complete opposite. Kojima will have a countdown to announce a picture. Miyamoto, and it's like the most serious concept, the most artsy, pretentious possible thing you can come up with. And then Miyamoto is like, I'm not going to show anything until Mario's, Mario's completely done. <laughs> pretty much. You know? So just the contradiction there is so funny, and I mean they're both great. They're both great, great game developers, but I just think it's like interesting that contradiction. 
Yeah, I think I think the thing with Kojima is that he just he's he loves to mess with people and read reactions. I think he loves I to see how people react to his game and games and everything, and he feeds off that. So when he makes a, a game, he he sort of takes feedback and takes speculation about the game, and he sort of incorporates that into his next game. And I think mm-hmm. that's why he's doing this, apart from the publishing or marketing side, of course. Yeah, I just it's so funny how it's like he's he's got to be so complicated and his games are so complicated and then Miyamoto's like I have the simplest games ever and I'll show you the whole thing at the end. <laughs> but, but but which games in all honesty, which games do you like more? Mario? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I it depends on which day of the week you're talking to me, man. I'm I'm kind of yeah. torn between the two of them, really. There's some days when all I want to do is just sneak in the shadows, and you know, and then there's other days when all I want to do is just bounce on mushrooms, you know. Yeah, yeah but think about yeah, I can I mean, relate. The, the, the pretentious and the, the complicated about Metal Gear is the story. The gameplay isn't really that bad, or is it? Mm-hmm. So 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 do you do you prefer? Do you prefer the setting, or I shouldn't say story, but the plot of Mario before the plot of Metal Gear? Or do you prefer sometimes. the gameplay? Yeah, no, sometimes I prefer... <clears throat> this is what it's like. It's like when I go see Live Free or Die Hard. I'm not going for the story. I'm going for the mindless action. It's just like an awesome thing. And the story's cool, too. It's just part of the... But the action's the main point. The point. Well said. That's, yep. Yeah. That, Versus, like, if I go and watch a really deep movie like Schindler's List, the story and, like, the meaning and the metaphor of it, everything that's going on there, that's what's so beautiful there. So it it's, depends on what experience I'm looking for. So, yeah, I'm the same yeah. way. If I want, like, a really deep experience, I'm going to pop in, like, Dumb and Dumber. But if I want to just watch something stupid, then, you know, I'll watch yeah. Starship Troopers or something. <laughs> what? <laughs> you think that? <laughs> Big gulps, huh? See you later. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so yeah, I, um, I as can, far as uh, what about the, what about the countdown itself? What are we expecting? Is this going to be Metal Gear Five or is, I bet it's going to be Metal Gear Solid Four downloadable content. I hope so. I, I I hope they go that route because I don't think they're going to upgrade the engine that much, and I don't think or I guess they could make an action game about Raiden. Uh, but I hope if the, it's stealth-based, I hope it's just a, a, a downloadable pack. And it could be a huge one. It could be one that's like 20 gigs and cost uh, $60. But it should be a downloadable pack. My my guess is it's either going to be downloadable content or it's going to be release of um, a new title of Metal Gear Solid 4. So like the Metal Gear Solid Super Special Forces Edition where they're going to have like uh, not VR missions but maybe whatever downloadable content they actually have, but prepackaged already on the CD. And it's going to be for 360 if they do that. If they yeah. retitle it. Yep. It's going to be for 360 um, as well. Maybe. I mean, we don't, we don't know that yet, do we? No, we, we don't, but that's, that's my bet. Well, Sony yeah. doesn't own any sort of branding on that. Uh, you, they did it with uh, GTA... No, uh, sorry, Metal Gear Solid 3, so I think they, I think they might... Um, another thing that's interesting about it is that um, the uh, Metal Gear Solid 4 didn't even come out a year ago yet. Metal Gear Solid 4 came out mid-June last year. Yeah, so, but, I mean, but it's, I would, it's, that's why, that's what, but. It's Kojima. It's his time to announce it, and then, then we'll spend three, year, three years making it. Sorry. Yeah, that's true. The, we, the first huge trailer we saw for uh, Metal Gear Solid 4 was that long Raiden sword fight thing. And that, no. I think, was a two two whole years before the game actually came out, right? 
Well, actually, it was uh, four years before uh, Metal Gear Solid 4 came out that we saw the the one with, um, you know, the stage or the, the director seats in the ring. And yeah, Ryan that's... Biden fought with Snake to get the main character spot. That's or, right. That's yeah. right. So that was so, actually the first trailer, sort of. So, whatever it is, inevitably, it doesn't... Yeah. I was going to say, <clears throat> I'm sorry, whatever it is, it's not coming soon. Yeah. <laughs> inevitably um i think we all have to remember though that like as you know third-party developers they are going you know to all consoles it's just game development is too expensive and that's the trend so you know what eventually you're going to see metal gear solid on the 360 i mean that's just inevitable so well if not if not four then at least five yeah yeah i mean that's just the trend games are going so if it's a third party they got to make their money back so i i can yep. i can see i can i can agree with that when it comes to publishers and konami is its own publisher uh publisher but if if um if it's a if it's a studio that's not owned that's independent i think they're going to we're going to keep seeing the trend of uh, uh of people going exclusive just because uh, that makes uh, Sony want to uh, sponsor them, or you know, you know, sort of pay for development. But uh, well, that, I, yeah. I mean, usually Sony has the strong enough first-party development studios where they don't need that. You know, they buy well, anybody that makes a game for for them. Just, like Media Molecule, just, they bought that well, game they company. Lost. They bought. They just sorry, uh, sorry. Uh, they just launched the. Uh, I, don't, I can't remember what it's, what it's called, but it's basically a deal where if your game is good enough, Sony will reimburse you for the development costs. And they did it with uh, the PSN game. Uh, uh, you know the zombie shooter, what's it called? Uh, Burn Zombie Burn. So those guys oh. basically oh, really? got their money back. Yeah. That sounds very uber yeah, but, I mean, but that's very <laughs> PSN. I mean, what, what about these, what about $30 million games, you know? Well, investment. If the if the if the sales are going to be big enough, they're going to be willing to make the investment. I, I so just I feel it, like what, what we've seen so far goes against what you're saying that uh, most games are going to all consoles, to both 360 and PS3. No, I agree. And I agree. Wii. Because most games are made by Activision, EA, okay. Kojima, no, Konami, uh, uh, Capcom, uh, Ubisoft, uh, Take Two. You know. So I think the no, big ones will, I, but I don't yeah. think the small ones will. Or yeah, they made. Yeah, well, I think that's the one place. But I, but, but, sorry, I, I think, think that's the one. Okay, go ahead, Mott. Go um, ahead, Mott. It's the Mott show now. Go ahead, Mott. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm just gonna close off by saying that I think we'll still see most games go, uh, most third-party games go to uh, multi-platform. But I think uh, some third-party games, especially the ones coming from small uh, teams, uh, remain exclusive. You know. So yeah, go ahead. Oh, guys, I'm sorry, I'm having a really hard time hearing you guys. Sorry. Oh, it's okay. We're 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 done talking now. Kip, did they uh did they find my little green bag, dude? <laughs> yeah, I mean they're looking for it. It's gonna get mailed to you in a week or so. so. <laughs> <laughs> Super. No, I'm not, I'm sorry, Mott. Like like it, you were cutting in and out. I didn't catch like the end of what you just said. So maybe we can edit what I just said out just now. So. <laughs> what did you say a little bit ago? <laughs> Uh, I just basically detailed my original ar- argument, so you can just go ahead. Uh-huh. Yeah, we could probably yeah, no. go into uh, Japanese developers. Yeah, you know, sorry about that. 
That's a, Sorry. Don't worry, man. Don't Dude, worry. Dude, you're at an airport. It's perfectly understandable. We're we're psyched yeah, that the show's going on, man. Yeah. Yeah. All right. This well, anyway, is what we'll just we start do. From... Sorry. This is what we do for you guys. Kip is at an airport. <laughs> he could oh, be man, hitting on waitresses right now, and he's doing this for you guys. I am. Actually, when you when you were making your argument, Mats, I just put down the headphones and walked away. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. But. Next topic. <laughs> okay, so moving on now, um, I think we kind of beat that topic to death. Uh, Japanese developers are backing out of E3 in the masses. So what yeah. do we think about this, guys? Well, they're actually doing it because of the swine flu. So um, I think uh-huh. it was Capcom that that said that because... Or the government, or the Japanese government had said that it's probably not a good idea to travel anywhere uh, in America uh, because you could bring the flu back home. <laughs> Um, so, so Capcom has basically said that they won't show several games, one of which being um, uh, Dead Rising 2. Aww. Yeah. Well, isn't that because Capcom also signed that deal with that London Game On or whatever? I don't know anything about that, actually. Oh, Capcom is in June. Uh, London is having an event called Game On, and Capcom is showing their, all of their titles for the next year there. Huh. Okay. So That's I wonder if they signed a deal with Game On a long time ago, you know? Hmm. And you think they're just using the uh, the swine flu as an excuse to back out of E3? Might be, yeah. I mean, is that... Oh, yeah, I, I have no idea. Um, That makes sense, but I think, yeah, they probably signed a deal. Like, if, if somebody's going to start up a new show, they need something big like that, and I imagine they made a, maybe they gave it to Capcom, I don't know. So Yeah, that's that's true, that's true. If somebody is starting up a new show, they would need a big, you know, a big, big name like Capcom. But I'm not really sure. Uh, as far as just in general, I, w- I wonder why. You know, I don't, I mean, if it, maybe there's a swine flu, but maybe there's more to it. I, I mean, that seems like a really silly excuse, you know, mm-hmm. so... Plus, there's, yeah. there's, don't they have American branches over here that they could say, "Hey guys, here's our presentation. Here's our budget that we were going to spend on the show. Go, you know, here's, go and do it for us." Exactly. That they'd, they'd probably at a conference, they'd probably have an American guy showing it anyway, and they just bring out the Japanese developers and make them say hi. That's yeah, what they and, usually do anyway. So, I, I, yeah. And of course, the Japanese businessmen to actually do the business side. But I mean, if they're really doing it to get their product out there, they can still get their product out there. They're just not mm-hmm. going to be able to have their executives rub elbows like they normally would. Yeah, I'm so, betting it's it, it's probably still going to have some sort of presence, but it's it's not going to be playable on the floor or anything. I think. Uh, I still say shame on you, Capcom. But <clears throat> honestly, there's there's nothing in their catalog besides Dead Rising that I'm really psyched about. So. Uh, not gonna I wouldn't be surprised if we. I wouldn't be surprised if we heard about Devil May Cry Five. Oh yeah, I think it's about that, time they announced that. I mean, you know, you know, it's coming. So yeah, that's an awesome game. So I, I want that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay, I mean, do you think there's any? Does you think there's? Hold on, right before we get there, do you think there's anything to do with just like the difference between Eastern and Western games, and they maybe don't want to associate in that way? No, because they're fo- focusing on the Western market. Yeah, the, the Western know. market has really kind of taken the lead. And a lot of Japanese developers have even come forward and said that um, 
that well, the Western developers have surpassed them in talent and quality of games. So um, I think probably it's it's going to be a multi-reason thing. I think Kip, you're, you know, the show that you're talking about probably has a heavy hand in it. I do think that uh, they probably are worried about the the swine flu, and at the same time, it's going to be really expensive for them to all come over. So I'm sure that cost as well is is going to be playing a role in this. Mm. Yeah, that makes sense. So, anything else? No, I think that's it. All right. Okay, we're going to take a break. Randy and Matt, say goodbye. (laughs) Hi, this is Mutz, senior editor of eldergeek.com. You know, while you were sitting there, butt naked, in your black leather sofa, thinking about me, wishing I was there with you, I was actually doing something productive. That's right. I was actually helping out with the site. You know, writing reviews, features, producing this podcast, and generally just helping out. What have you done for Elder Geek lately? So, if you could try and unwedge yourself from the now undoubtedly sticky black leather sofa and come help us out. You need it. All right, guys, welcome back, uh, back from our break, and we were just about to discuss the question of the week, which is, are motion controllers going the way of the memory card? Uh, Mots, go ahead and give your two cents on that. Uh, yeah, I think they are. I think uh, definitely motion controllers are go- or traditional controllers are going to uh, go away, or not go away, but sort of transform. Uh, I think all controllers for, uh, for the next consoles or on live or whatever... Uh, is going to have uh, motion uh, controlling capabilities. Uh, so, so basically, uh, just like the Wii mode can be turned around and used as a classic controller, that's going that's going to be the extent of a traditional controller in the future, I think. Um, so, it, it's going to be some sort of conversion, uh, and I definitely think definitely think that uh, future games are going to use motion control or other types of new control mechanisms in, uh, mechanisms in the future, whether it's through a camera that senses your movements or, who knows, thought control, whenever that gets around. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't think we should say that, oh, some games can't be played that way. I think a smart developer, a good team, can make it work, and I think it's going to be rewarding for it. Uh, I don't think we should stop playing classical games, uh, I think we'll always be able to go back, and, but I don't think we should limit the potential of of this sort of next, this sort of new movement in control to, by saying, oh, we have to be able to play, you know, uh, Super Mario Brothers three on the thing. We don't, we don't have to be able to do that. Uh, we we have other outlets where that can be possible, uh, but I think. Um, just like memory cards can still be bought at my store, we still sell memory cards for PS2. I think there will still be some sort of outlet for it, but I don't think it will be the main control mechanism in, in the future. Go ahead. There you okay. have it. Randy, what do you think about that? <laughs> um, I, I think that uh, consoles, they're not going to necessarily just suddenly disappear and be replaced entirely by Wii Remote controls all over the world. Um, but I think people need to before, you know, as you're looking to the future, you should always look to the past and see how things are progressing. You know, um, when I was a kid, you know, the the main controller you used was the Atari, you know, black and orange 2600 uh, controller. 
Um, you held it in two hands, and you know the bottom was your left hand was your support base. Your right hand moved the entire nub. And um, Nintendo came along and, and like revolutionized that when they released the control pad. You know, going from the the control stick to the pad was was actually a pretty big change. And the same thing kind of happened when we went from the SNES to the N64, when we went from a pad-based input system to an analog stick-based system. So these little changes are going to keep coming up as we go along. The I think the Wii motion controls um, are a pretty big step forward, um, but at the same time, they are uh, very... Accommodating for older games, like like Mots was saying. So I, I think we're just going to see them evolve. I don't think a traditional controller will ever truly go away um, because you could still technically play any old Atari game on a Wii if if that game existed on the Wii. It's just that they're going to slightly change. That's my 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 two cents. Hmm. Okay, let's let's jump to the boards really quick. Uh, we look at Elliot. Elliot wrote on the boards. Uh, he was one of the early people. He says, definitely not, because there are too many elder geeks out there who want to play traditional games the traditional way. What do we think about that? Bullshit. He's thinking, <laughs> sorry, Elliot, I love you, but you're thinking about yourself now. You're thinking about your experience and uh, your preferences. You have to think about the future. You think about the kids that are growing up today and what they're playing on. They're playing on the Wii. Uh, and that's the kind of thing that they'll get used to and master. Uh, just because you mouse the joystick or the D-pad doesn't mean that that's going to stay around. You know, just because people master the horse doesn't mean that they ride around that now instead of cars. Yes, the horse is still there, but it's rarely used for transport. It's more used for sports and, you know, showmanship. So, yeah. The times they are a changing. <laughs> exactly. Well, I think I think that is kind of an extreme example, Mots, because we're talking about you know cars change the world. I don't think the Wii mode, <laughs> you know. <laughs> but, yeah, but I but you see the analogy. I, yeah, I can see the analogy, of course, and that's the point of analogies, is to understand the meaning, of course. But um, yeah. I, just to kind of fight for Elliot's point a little bit. I also think that there is a point where. Like I, as a gamer, don't want to use a Wii mode, like a more complicated Wii mode, to to play because I like gaming for that person. Maybe just like I want to relax, I want to sit down, and they may not want to get up and play and like swing their arm around. And then part of that just kind of mindless moving around of the like on a regular traditional controller, I think, is a valuable piece. And so I could see a lot of people next generation if they do make more complicated motion controllers being actually kind of pissed off about that and saying no, this is getting too complicated I don't want to do all this, I just want to play a game how I've always played a game, so I can see kind of the pendulum swing back and say no, this is a bunch of BS, I don't like this anymore So I could I, I could I, agree I, with that, and I and also to further back up Elliot's point um, if, if there are a, a, a steady crowd of elder geeks elder gamers out there that um, that are wanting to play traditional games, you know, classic games, a lot of times not just playing the game is going to be sufficient to relive the experience of, of what you once had. A lot of times the input system is a big part of it. You know, playing um, playing Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the arcade version on my Xbox Live is awesome, but it, it will never match me actually bellying up to an arcade machine and playing it that way. Mm. I agree with I agree with both of you in, in that sense. Uh, I personally prefer the buttons uh, and prefer the classic controllers. But I'm and I'm not thinking next gen. I'm thinking next, 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 maybe next, next gen. I'm thinking 
gaming for us today doesn't have to be the same as gaming for our children or our, our grandchildren, you know? So, ah. so I'm thinking I'm thinking future. I'm not thinking future. You're thinking uh, like pew pew laser beams future. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> Uh, so, so, um, so Eric, I'm, I'm Eric, taking it. I'm taking this literally. Literally, I'm I'm taking. Will they go away ever? You know. Yeah. Um. Eric, Eric, also known as Silent Sadist, <laughs> on the on the forums here, uh, he brings up the point that he just doesn't think the technology's here yet. That the Wiimote can only be used for simple kind of simple games in general. So, like, well, even when the next gen of, gen of consoles or these cameras that Microsoft might be coming out with, are they going to be able to handle a Gears of War? Can I, you know, Gears of War involves, like, a lot of buttons, or a, you know, a God of War involves a lot of buttons you have to be able to push and implement on a quick, very quick basis. And he's been, the point I, I generally get from him, and hopefully he'll correct me if I'm wrong, is that the technology is just not there for outside of simple games yet. So. Good point, yeah. Eric. Very good, good point. point. I, I mean, I think uh, not to. I mean, I've kind of been heavy in this podcast, but I think uh, the the statement you made, Kip, about incremental change will apply here. Uh, Wii Motion Plus is a good example of that. Yeah, cool. I mean that, that that's true. But I do. I mean, I'm just wondering if the, when the, okay in two three years when we start hearing about PS4, Xbox, the next box or whatever, and the, the Wii HD or whatever the next one's going to be, is the technology going to be there? I, I mean, I honestly don't think it's going to be that advanced yet. Uh, Agreed. So I, I, it's, hard, it's a hard question. I don't, I don't really know how I feel about it yet. Um, I, I know as a traditional gamer, I kind of feel how Elliot feels that, no, I don't want it to change. But at the same time, I think there's a great point in being said that the younger gamers are the ones who are going to drive the market, and they're playing the Wii right now. So. Mm. It's sort of it's sort of blasphemous, isn't it, for us to be yeah. elder geeks and saying that? <laughs> we talking about? We're sitting yeah. on our virtual on our virtual porches, yelling at the kids playing on the yard. <laughs> Get off the lawn! Damn kids! Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> what about um? Ray brings up uh, you know, of the uh, the Bard song here. He brings up the point that um, you know, some games are just not good with good with motion control, such as, like, fighters. Like, Street Fighter 4 or Super Smash Brothers does not work well with motion controls. You know, yeah. so will those are those games going to disappear, or are those they going to continue to exist, and then we're going to have to adapt our controllers accordingly? Uh, either. Two extremes, basically. Either we're going to figure out a way, or they're going to disappear. I think yeah. so. Yeah. I think that's a shame. In, again, that they're again, again, in the future. Yeah. <laughs> also, not, not next gen, but next gen. In next, the lightning next, bolts next. and lightsabers future. Yeah. In the year 2000. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. La Bamba. So... Anyway, so yeah, I'm, you know, I think it's, it's tough and I, you know, I want to thank everybody on the forums there for contributing and that, you know, I think that's a really great, they brought up some really great points that maybe we wouldn't have thought of traditionally, so. Yeah. Thank you, everybody. Thank you very much. Okay. You... So, go, go ahead. <laughs> I was going to say, oh, we were just, do any of you guys have any more points on that? Nope, that was, that was pretty much it. Um, there's a couple other comments, but I mean, some of them have been encapsulated by others. Okay. So, 
So I think I think we can move on. I mean, you know, if you have, you know, if you're sorry if we didn't get to your comment this week, but we'll try again next week. We can't cover everybody. So, okay. So moving on, uh, upcoming reviews and features. Yeah. Go ahead, Randy. Uh, uh, Mots has, or I'm not going to go over Mots' stuff. Um, we've got an upcoming review of uh, GTA 4, the, uh, the the most recent expansion. Uh, we also have uh, Kip, am I right in saying that we have a review for the Terminator movie? Up, oh, I think we might have lost Kip. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, no, I'm here. Oh, we, I heard you. Oh, do oh. oh, do we have a review for the Terminator movie? Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's, it was sent to you, and we should have it up in the next couple of days. So There you go. We got the, the review of the Terminator movie. Um, also, as far as features go, um, I actually spoke with, uh, with the historian today. We are actually going to have a historical, accurate uh, write-up you know, uh, for Battle Stations Midway. So I'm looking really forward to that, because as soon as he's done with that, he's probably going to go right into Battle Stations Pacific. Um, that's all of them that I can really think of uh, for right now. Um, could we make other, sure we ask him about any? Uh, could, could we make sure go, we ask him about any historical um, giant scary crabs? Yes, because from what I understand, that was a crucial part of Japanese history. <laughs> <laughs> there were no there were no giant steam powered spiders also back during the Civil War. <laughs> uh, this still is funny all after three years. It's still funny after three years. <laughs> so okay um, um, Miles I got my substance abuse article coming up here pretty quick it should be up in the uh, probably next couple of days I'll be sending it over so okay, you guys cool. will be seeing that so yeah um, also we are going to probably be selling some t-shirts pretty soon on the site as well um, oh cool yeah, how badass is that? Um, we just got to get the paperwork done on our side of things before we can actually sell it to everybody and, you know, make buckets and buckets of money off of you. But um, yes. really, it won't be buckets. Just just kind of a tiny pail of money. So we're going to have several designs uh, at, at one time, right? Yeah, we're going to have several designs to be able to pick from. And, um, yeah, hopefully it'll be cheaper than the... Than the um, Hopefully it'll be cheaper than the one that we've got going on right now through Zazzle, which is just kind of for our staff to go to E3 with. Um, yeah, I actually ordered one of those. So. Oh, did you? Cool. Yeah. So I'll have it here uh, in a few days, actually. Nice, nice. Mm-hmm. Also, also, just talking about E3 in general, um, just be coming to the site like crazy. We're going to have constant updates June 1st through the 4th covering E3. Gavin's going to be there, and he's going to be definitely you know, sending us information. We're going to be posting all day long. So feel, don't feel like you got to go to any other site to get the news as far as um, up to the minute because we're going to be getting it up to minute just like anybody else. Yep. So. Good point. Good point. Uh, we're actually also going to feature the big stuff on the main page and not just the news page. So right. that's going to be right. awesome. So don't be disappointed if we don't have too much actually on the main page as far as features and reviews go. We're really going to try to focus that we nail the whole E3 experience for you guys. Yeah, so basically, yeah, basically we're the best site ever. So ever. <laughs> come to our site. <laughs> but, um, okay, um, we, we want to talk about the call for writers as usual. <laughs> yeah. So it, Go ahead, uh, go ahead, Mats. I'll let you take over this one. <laughs> well, like you probably heard during the break, uh, we need writers. Uh, and generally, just help with the site. Uh, right now, the we're sex- looking... <laughs> I was going to say, the sexy voice is scaring me. <laughs> <laughs> um, right now, we, we, we really need people to, um, to review portable games, uh, especially uh, PSP. Uh, uh, or 
Also, PC games and classic games. We sort of have the new stuff covered so far, but if you want to write in a review for something new that we you see we're not covering, then of course that's awesome. Uh, if you want to help us out, you can just send an email to either me at matsp at eldergeek.com or Randy at... Um, uh, Randy, what's Randy. your name? Randy? It's Randy at elder-geek.com. All right, and uh, Elliot at... Um, Elliot H. Elliot H. At eldergeek or elder-geek.com. And if you want to write us features, uh, you can send an uh, email to kip at kip at elder-geek.com. So we're also, really... I would, Sorry, also, I'd like to say that if, any, if anybody had, uh, you might have saw that we put our Geek of the Week feature up this week. And if you know any geeks who have like amazing collections or you know are really into something and just very geeked out, please you know send them our way or send us some information on them. Send us to a picture of their website, whatever they got going on, and we'd love to feature them as the Geek of the Week. Or how about yourself? If you're listening right now and you have something that you think is really geeky and you'd like to you know advertise or show or share with the world, we'd be proud to share it. And you can you know you don't have to hide it down your deep dark closets you know because we're proud of being geeks here on elder-geek.com yeah <laughs> Heck yeah and, you and know even if you have like a particularly geeky job I'm, i mean i'm all for you know going with that too i mean there's a lot of geeky jobs out there like i don't know yeah. graphic it, it, designers or you know <laughs> video game store sales people i call them geeky designers <laughs> <laughs> But no, I, I actually I have a geeky job in a, in a my nine to five is a geeky job, but in a different kind of geeky realm and, and more of a I can't get into it. But anyway, if anything that you guys do geeky and you want us to you know you don't want to share it to the world, let us know. Mm-hmm. Uh, it doesn't have to so. be a job or a an object or anything. It could just be a story. If you went through something that's geeky, you could just sort of tell that story and we'll feature it. So, so it, it could be anything basically. So feel free, you know, to get that out there, and uh, yeah, I think that'll be a big part of our site for now on, hopefully. So, mm-hmm. so um, I think I think we're pretty oh, yeah. much done. Anybody else have anything else? <laughs> no, I kind of, you know, personally, I just want E3 to be over. Not, I, I just want E3 to be over so we can start getting the games and playing the games. I like seeing the games, but I like playing them a little more. Yeah. I don't know if that's true for me. I actually, <laughs> I, I, you know, this this is actually feeding into my uh, into my substance abuse article a little bit. Is that sometimes the hype for the game is just as exciting as playing the game? Like waiting for those videos to come out and those trailers and announcements. That process of that that year long process of like, get, let's say for example, a Zelda game. You know, I know people who waited for the new the Zelda on Wii, which was originally on GameCube for four like three four years, following that process and just having that hype continue. You know, and it's it's both torturous and pleasant pleasurable you know so it's i i I like that process i think that's really interesting and i think uh part of that you know at e3 is like that's why e3 is so exciting is like we're actually not getting anything at e3 but where that hype gets amplified for us so yeah you're right you know you know what uh two things at e3 got me so psyched but i was so uh, totally disappointed by were Mm -hmm. the tech demos for both the n64 and the tech demo for the playstation 3 so when they showed that the Link and Ganon crossing swords, you know, the first time in, like, that little 3D cutscene thing. I was so psyched for that game, and it never happened until, crap, we just had it on the Wii. You know, we had we only had the cel-shaded, or the cel-shaded stuff for the GameCube. Um, yeah. And, uh, you know, of course, with the Final Fantasy VII remake, we haven't seen it. 
<laughs> and we never will. <laughs> so sad. P.S. Eris dies. Spoiler alert. <laughs> <laughs> Saddest moment ever. Yeah. <laughs> That's all um, I got. I'm... Also, just a random thing that just jumped to my mind that I think is actually kind of cool is that uh, today on the PSN, yesterday on the PSN, uh, Resident Evil Director's Cut was released for ten dollars. What? Really? I, I have to get that. Yeah, I'm getting yeah, that. Nine ninety nine. Yeah, so, I mean, I know a lot of people really, really love that game. And a lot of people, that was their first game they even played on the PlayStation, I know. So, uh, where, where did uh, Silent Hill go, by the way? The PSN, PSN, no, PS1 version of the game on PSN. Um, I didn't realize that, it was... That was what, there what, for like a week or something, and then it just disappeared. Oh, I didn't know it was even up. I, maybe they pulled it off because they wanted people to buy the Wii Make. Maybe, yeah. Silent Hill's sneaky like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, all that's left there is a picture of Pyramid Head now. <laughs> yeah. So. All right. Um, I think that's it. I think we can wrap up there. Uh, thanks again for listening, guys, and we'll, you know, have fun watching E3. We know we will, and uh, we'll see you again next week. Yeah. Bye, guys. So, bye-bye. Chief, can you hear me?